Jimmy, you're not gonna. Not gonna give me a ticket, are you? No, not this time. But I am gonna give you my standard warning. Go, go ahead, shoot. I'm ready. Give it to me. Sir, when you run a stop sign, you immediately become two tons of rolling gas. You think, oh, I don't have to stop. I'm a big man. I just fooled Johnny Law. I'm cool. Well, next time you're washing your car, ask yourself this. Would you rather be hosing off dirt or little pieces of brain and skull? See you Sunday. <laughs> Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I'm your host, Scott White. What am I looking at this time? Well, last episode, I did Dan Aykroyd as a guest star on a TV sitcom, Family Guy, and I'm doing it again. This time, it's on According to Jim. Dan Aykroyd plays a character, Danny, on this show. I know the According to Jim has gotten a bad rap over the years about this being blasé television. I enjoy it. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, so I had this DVD, so that's why I'm reviewing this. And let's just jump right into it. The show starts with Jim coming around the corner and getting pulled over by a police officer on a, on a motorcycle. The police officer comes up to Jim's truck. They do a little banter. Jim tries to joke with them. The police officer says, are you joking? And Jim's like, no, sir, not at all. No, sir, not at all. Then Jim tries to bribe the police officer with a... Um, a foot-long ham hoagie. And when with this bribery, the police officer drags Jim out of the truck and starts frisking him on the hood of his truck and says that the human body has seven cavities and he is trained to search every single one of them. And he turns him around and the police officer hugs Jim and Jim is a bit stunned. And then when the police officer takes his eyeglasses off, he realizes it's his old friend Danny. Well, let's do one of these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. We all know that Dan Aykroyd is a firm believer in the occult. He is a firm believer in conspiracy theories. He doesn't shy away from that, uh, but he also has fun with that as well. So in this episode, there are a lot of references to conspiracy theories. And after Jim recognizes Danny as his old friend, this is what he says. Did the Aztecs build runways for the gods in the flesh? You know, they hug each other again. They're genuinely glad to see each other. They were old friends. They were both, they both regale how they used to be wild men. And now Jim is married with three kids and Danny is now a cop. And Jim invites him to his house for Sunday dinner. And before he leaves, he doesn't give Jim a ticket, but Dan gives him that speech. And that is what you heard at the beginning of the podcast. Once again, typical Dan Aykroyd. Even though this wasn't really fast talking, it's just his cadence and the way he delivers things. Now we cut to Jim's house. And, uh, Jim is there with his wife and his brother-in-law, Andy, and his sister-in-law, Dana. Jim comes up and he's wearing a ZZ Top shirt from 1975. They're just regaling how Danny and Jim used to be wild guys back in in their youth. Cheryl, Jim's wife, is not happy about this because she doesn't really care for Danny because at the wedding, at Jim and Cheryl's wedding, Danny said that Jim should have married his ex-girlfriend, the one with the big boobs. At the... uh. 
wedding, he also tried to kiss Dana, and he tried to kiss Andy. So he was really drunk at their wedding, and I believe this is the last memories that Cheryl has of Danny. Well, Danny knocks on the door, and he arrives, and he's dressed all dapper. He's in a suit. He has presents for the kids. He has flowers for Cheryl. He has wine for the dinner. Jim introduces him to everybody, and Dana says, You tried to kiss me at the wedding. And Dan Aykroyd said, oh, that was you. I owe you an apology. And I believe there was also a short, fat woman you were with that I owe an apology to as well. And that, of course, is Danny. Now, I will admit, I saw this joke coming. However, I can't relay this through the podcast. Larry Joe Campbell, who plays Andy, gives the perfect dead pan reaction to this joke. The joke may, you know, the joke may have been stock. And you may have seen a joke coming, but the reaction from Andy is priceless. And that's one of the things I like about the show. I like the chemistry between Jim and Andy, and in this episode, between Jim, Andy, and of course, Dan Aykroyd. Well, they have dinner. Dan Aykroyd is regaling them with, uh, you know, mean street stories about him, you know, being a super cop. You know, and then he's like, ah, I'm just screwing with you. I'm a traffic cop. So Dan Aykroyd in this episode has really changed. He's no longer the wild guy. He is a cop, and he's good as his job as a cop. Everybody seems to like him now, now that he's changed, and now that he's become more mellow. That's going to come into play here in a second. Andy and Dana leave. The daughters go upstairs. And Dan takes all the dishes off the table and takes them into the kitchen. So now it's just Jim and Cheryl. And here's where the episode takes off. And once again, it's not the most original thing in the world, but Cheryl says that Jim and Dan, you're nothing like you used to be. You used to be wild, but now you've calmed down. And this puts a spark in Jim. He just gets all... It's like, I'm a wild man. I'm a wild man. And I know the, I know this has been done time and time again, but... Sometimes it's not the material, sometimes it's the the actors, and the chemistry between Jim Belushi and Courtney Thorne-Smith is, it's good. In all sitcoms, it's the, it's the big dopey guy and the beautiful wife, and it's like in Family Guy. You got the big dopey guy and the beautiful wife, here in Jim, you have the big dopey guy and the beautiful wife. However, I can see these two being together because the character that Courtney Thorne Smith plays, she's the kind of character that would look through Jim's looks because in essence, Jim is a nice guy. He's a big teddy bear. He takes care of people. He takes care of them. She could see that. So I could see why these two people are together. Such as in Family Guy, you can't see why Lois is Peter because Peter is just a dope. You know, he does, every once in a while, he does a speech about loving his family. But for the most part, he's just a dope. And this is something interesting. Let's go off on one of these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Okay. Courtney Thorne Smith, for the first season, did not wear a bra. And when the second season started, the censors from ABC told her that she had to wear a bra. It just amazes me in the showbiz world that there was somebody had to send out, send out a memo 
to the according to Jim Cass saying that <laughs> Courtney needs to wear a bra from this moment on. That's the stuff that you th- that they were talking about on according to Jim in the early 2000s. Anyway, as I said before, now Cheryl has put a bug in Jim's butt about not being wild anymore. So he goes in the kitchen to get Dan Aykroyd, and they're going out. And this is a very funny scene between uh, Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi because they're talking about being wild, but there's an under, uh, you know, there's an under conversation, a domestic under conversation. Here, let's listen to this. Oh, good. I'll rinse him. You put him in the dishwasher. <laughs> Diggity, what has happened to you? What are you talking about? Well, you used to be the guy, you know, partying, playing your Monica Reese in hell, not doing dishes. I'm still the same guy. I'm, I'm just different. You are too. Oh, well, what does everyone keep saying that? I am not different. All right, all right, all right. I mean, it might look, you know, with the family and everything, but I am a crazy guy. You know what? Don't you steal wool on the Teflon little scratch. <laughs> Actually, it's Silverstone that can handle the abrasives. I have an omelet pen. Okay, that's it. That's it. So Jim finally convinces Dan to go out, and they go to the bar, and now they're hammered. They are hammered. You said they, they've had like, you know, 10 or 12 shots each, and now Dan Aykroyd is handing out tickets to all the beautiful women in the bar because, because I said they're hammered. Dan Aykroyd falls off the stool, and then Jim Belushi starts yelling, you know, you know, officer down, officer down. They cut to a commercial. Of course, it's not a commercial. It's a DVD. We come back, and we cut to Jim is back at his house, and he's in his kitchen, and he's got his feet in the refrigerator, and he's eating raw hot dogs by just putting ketchup on them. I am not a drinker. I have never been drunk. But this is something I could see my friends who did drink. This is the kind of stuff that they did. And Cheryl comes down and she starts not yelling at him, but they could have played... The the reason I like this, they could have played it that Cheryl is the, you know, the the, the bitchy, tight-ass wife who's just... But she understood that this is something that Jim needs to do and she understands it through the rest of the episode. We'll get to that. So she didn't come across as as a shrew. You know, she was just concerned. I think in that acting performance, she showed the proper amount of concern and the proper amount of relief and the proper amount of, okay, just let him do what he wants to do. Then we cut to the next day, and Jim is at work. Jim is an architect, and he's at his, he's at his office, and him and Andrew at work. Once again, here's a scene where you know what the joke is, but you like the performers and you like the chemistry so much that you forgive that you see the joke coming. Because you see Jim, he's at his desk, he's got his head on his desk, and he's... You think he is sleeping, and Andy starts talking to, oh yeah, you think you're a big man, you think you can do this, you have sex with my sister. And as everybody predicted, Jim goes, I can hear you, Andy. Saw the joke coming, but I enjoyed, I just enjoy seeing, uh, you know, uh, Larry Joe Campbell and Jim Belushi acting together. They have, they have good chemistry together. Uh, they've had, they had chemistry right off the bat from the first season and it lasted through all eight seasons. Then we see Dan Aykroyd come back into the trailer and he is holding 
Jim Belushi's cell phone, which he fished out of a urinal. How did it get in the urinal? We don't know. How did it get out of the urinal? We don't know. But now it's there. Jim gives it to Andy as the new company phone. And this was the early 2000s, so it, was, it, was, it wasn't even a flip phone. It was one of those rectangular ones that had the antenna. Very early uh, cell phones. Well, it turns out Dan Aykroyd is now suspended because all the women that he was writing tickets to uh, complained, and now he's on suspension. So now all he has is free time, and he wants to go out again with Jim. How bad does he want to go out with Jim? Is JFK still alive and running the country from the basement of the Pentagon with a little help from Elvis? So they go out again and again and again. We know all this because the next scene, we see Jim, and he's passed out on his couch in his home. And his daughters are throwing cheese balls at him, and the women are just laughing at him. And this is where Cheryl says, because Dana is there, and Dana's like, why don't you tell him he can't go out? And Cheryl's like, no, if he wants to prove to himself that he can do this, let him do it. Plus, he's, I think he's hitting a wall. Sort of the thinking of if you catch a child smoking, you make them smoke the whole pack. Hopefully that will make them stop and not become smokers. So that's her thinking on this. Dan comes back and he's at the door, comes knocking. He wants to go out again. And now Jim has hit the wall. Jim, uh, he just doesn't want to do this for another time. And first he tries to get Cheryl to help him out. He's like, ah, Danny, I can't go out with you. And I got to help out around the house. And Cheryl's like, no, no, you don't have to help out around the house. I'll handle it. And Jim's like, no, no, you need your help. And Cheryl's like, no, no, no. And then Jim finally has to break down and say, you know what? I, I can't do it again. I can't go out again. And Dan Aykroyd gets pissed at this. He's like, well, you, you talked me to go out. You made me go out. You made me get suspended. You made me drink. Now you want to abandon me? Fine. Fine, fine. And he leaves. It's it, you know, it's the first contrast. Usually they're buddy buddy through the whole through the whole sitcom, and there's a little strife in between them. And you would think, okay, well, this is we haven't seen this guy in ten years. We've gone out for three or four nights in the row. He's mad at me. I'll just let him be. But we see in the next scene, we see the character of Jim Belushi's character. And he he plays a rough and gruff, quote-unquote, Neanderthal man, but he knows the values. He knows the values of family, and he knows the values of friendship. And he goes to the bar where he knows that Dan Aykroyd is at, and he comes and he sits next to him, and they start to, they're in Chicago. It's set in Chicago. So they start talking about the Bears and the Cubs and the Bulls. And then they both start talking again. They both realize that, Yes, they are way too old to be doing this. And we find out that Dan Aykroyd's not going to get fired. Uh, he's just, uh, his captain stepped in and he's eventually going to get his job back. And as he put it, uh, yeah, I'll probably just have to go to high schools with puppets. If you remember that, <laughs> if you remember assemblies. Now the band is playing in this bar. And here's one, we're going to go off on these. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. The band playing is Sacred Heart, which is Jim Belushi's own band. He got his own band on the show. 
the music that they're playing is really, really good. They got really, really fine musicians in this scene. Jim Belushi just happened to have two harmonicas on him. And Dan Aykroyd asks, can we play with the band? And Jim Belushi says, yeah, we can play with the band. I know these guys. You still know how to play the harmonica. And Dan Aykroyd answers with this. Is there an entire family of aliens being crossbred with humans at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base? <laughs> and he gives one to Dan. And we all know Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi are both accomplished uh, harmonica players. Uh, they both do it in the Blues Brothers. Once John Belushi died, Dan Aykroyd asked Jim Belushi to sub in as in the Blues Brothers. Uh, so they still do shows as as the Blues Brothers. And now Dan and Jim are just as close as Dan and John were during their lifetime together. And that's what they do. They get up on the stage and they start singing the song Cadillac Man, which Jim Belushi himself wrote. And Dan Aykroyd is actually playing the harmonica, and Jim Belushi is actually singing, and he's got his band behind him. And while the song is playing, the credits start to roll. And, it is, and it's over. This was just a quick little podcast from a quick little episode of According to Jim. It is a guilty pleasure of mine. It's always good to see. I always like the chemistry. The chemistry between the cast of According to Jim is good. As I said before, it's not the most original sitcom out there. It's not going to be breaking any boundaries. But if you like the chemistry, I think the chemistry between the characters overrides maybe some of the weaker writing and the weaker jokes. Sometimes it doesn't, but for the most time, it does. The characters in this sitcom are very, very nice. And the chemistry between Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd is very nice. You can tell that they have a genuine affection for each other. And you can tell that Dan Aykroyd enjoyed doing this show. He enjoyed being a guest star on this show. And I enjoyed watching it. And, yeah, if you have, according to Jim, maybe it might be on YouTube, but if it's called Old Friends from Season 1, Episode 20... Have a watch. Catch a couple of According to Jim episodes. I, 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 think, I think if you're able to shut your brain off and not concentrate too much, you'll, you'll enjoy these episodes. And Dan Aykroyd, he, you know, he starts the scene on a motor. You know, he's a motorhead from the Blues Brothers. He loves motorcycles. Jim Belushi said he always wanted to be a cop, so he got to play a cop in this episode. You would really believe that Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi were old friends. It was just very, very enjoyable. It, and it sort of brought back memories of him and John Belushi seeing him there with his brother. And that's it. A shorter episode of the Dan Aykroyd podcast, uh, considering the episode itself was only 22 minutes. Uh, if you want to support me, you can go to my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Scott White. You can visit my website, scottyblanco.com. It'll tell you of all my dates coming up this year, and it'll show you that all the other projects that I'm working on. Even if you don't want to support the Dan Aykroyd podcast, there might be another thing I'm doing that you want to support me. And just make sure that you do, so I can continue bringing you the Dan Aykroyd podcast and all my other projects. And that's it, and we'll see you next time on... The Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Hey, how are you? One, two, three, four.